Fan forecast. Live from the Exogen Temporal Scanner Thermometer Weather Center right now, it's 14. The Common Man, weekdays noon to 3. From the KFAN Bryant Heating and Cooling Studios on FM 100.3 KFXN, Minneapolis, St. Paul. The Fan. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Presented by Greenbelt Premium and Devonis. Your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is brought to you by Fanball.com, Town Hall Family, Greater Twin Cities Honda Dealers, Joe Sensors, Hudson Ford, and by Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball.com, Scott Fish, Matt Harrison, and Brian Johnson, here's the fans, Paul Charchian. It is week number 10. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. I am Paul Charchian. My co-hosts today are Scott Fish and Matt Harrison. Good morning, guys. Ahoy. Ahoy. Let's turn it on. That's a, is that a tribute to uh, the long-lost Christian Peterson right there? Sure. Yeah, we like that. Um, we don't like Christian. Is he we just lost? Like to, yeah, he apparently we, we don't he hasn't like been on the show in two years. No, because he won't come on the show wow. anymore. Too good for us. Shots he says. fired. That's the, you know you know if you're going to say you're too good for us then yes that you know, is the case. Church, you'll appreciate this, and it was something that connects with our fantasy football almost daily podcast. We did an appliance draft at lunch the other day with Christian. <laughs> you could just do it out of my kitchen because all I've done is buy new appliances for the last year. Uh, I can tell you which ones you do not want to fall into. I can I can rank them. Um, and the one you really don't want to fall into, other than the burning oven, I think, would probably be the dishwasher. Take it from me. Um, plenty to get to over the course of the show is our usual stuff, but I've got two things that I want to talk about before we got, dive into our matchups and our take-a-chance-on-me's and everything else. Number one, the news in Baltimore that Joe Flacco may miss an extended period of time. And they're on bye this week, coming out of the bye. The presumption is that Lamar Jackson will be the starter, but we don't know for sure. There are some reports saying you know, that RG3 is technically the number 2 quarterback, I guess, on the depth mm-hmm. chart, but they because they like the running that Lamar Jackson can do, and all the hybrid stuff, they've been utilizing him for gadget plays, but that doesn't mean that if they need an every-down quarterback, they'd go to Jackson. What are your thoughts on acquiring either of the Ravens' quarterbacks? So what this says to me is that the Ravens aren't quite ready to move on from Joe Flacco yet. The only reason you'd not start the Lamar Jackson era and and go with Bobby Three Sticks, Robert Griffin the Third, is you're not ready to move on from Joe Flacco because you can easily go back from Griffin to Flacco. But if Lamar Jackson comes in and has a couple of good games, there's no turning back. So I think that they still have some legitimate uh, loyalty to Joe Flacco. Which he very, if Lamar Jackson does get in there, Cincinnati, Oakland, Atlanta to start out. That's why I'm picking up Lamar Jackson. You guys are, I, I mean, you're he, not he saying putting up, this in fantasy terms. I mean, I say, you know, my immediate response on Twitter was go get Lamar yeah, Jackson. He was picked up everywhere within five minutes of right. that tweet. Yeah, you have to. Because uh, you're going to get from Lamar Jackson, probably, RB2 running numbers. Like fifty yards rushing and a coin flip's chance at a at a at a touchdown, which is you know what you're getting when you're starting Kevin yeah. Coleman. He's in giving you a nice week, floor, right? right? And then all the passing's just gravy, basically. If he can throw for 190 yards and a touchdown, that's just all bonus points. 
that's a that can be an sort of abs- like Robert Griffin the third when he was good. before. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. When he could actually run. So uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm actually pretty excited about Jackson. Um, already had him had had him stashed from the beginning of the year in a couple of leagues. But there's a I highly recommend that people go out and get Lamar Jackson and see how this thing plays out. Robert Griffin, and even if Robert Griffin were the game. The first starter with Flacco out does not mean Griffin will be the 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 game two starter with with uh, Flacco out. So let's get Lamar Jackson. Keep our fingers crossed that they go to the first round rookie. Next, hypothetically, and this is the case for a lot of our listeners, you're down by fifty points after the crazy explosion of points that came on Thursday night. Guys, give some advice to those people that are already down by a wide margin. What do you do? Pack it in. Just Call hang it up. Just Call hang it up. Day. Don't even try. Quit fantasy football altogether. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just over. Yeah, you're no, a lot it's, of help. it's high risk, high reward, guys. Uh, you you look at uh, your wide receiver two, wide receiver three, uh, and your flex plays, and you go, which guy has the crazy high upside but the crazy low floor? And and you try to just hit on a couple of those. It's it's got to be playing the same matchups. With, same with the ones that were close. Like if you have two quarterbacks and one is Fitz and one is like Dalton, Fitz has the higher upside. And mm-hmm. I think throughout this the show tiebreaker. today, when we're going through the matchups, maybe we can use like some sort of sound or something like that to to signify some of these players. That doesn't seem high upside. <laughs> well, you're down by 50. If you're down by 50 right now, that's that's how you're feeling. Okay, the sad trombone play, we're going to call well, it. We can do this. The, the vulture doesn't really make sense, no, though. We need a better... No, we really do. Yeah. We'll, we'll come up with something. <laughs> There's going to be um, some amazing comebacks by teams, though. What? Some stories. I think there will be. Yeah. The thing you're missing on is get try to hook up together quarterback wide receiver. Sure. So that if your wide receiver goes off, he takes the quarterback with him, or vice versa. If the quarterback goes off, he probably you you got something out of your out of your your receiver as well. Well, how about this too? If your quarterback is playing your opponent's wide receiver, or vice versa, do you try to avoid those matchups you as do. well? Yeah. I mean, I think. Well, let's so let's flip it over. Let's say you're protecting a 50 point lead. Yeah. Like because of a lot of our listeners are very savvy fantasy players. Of course. So let's assume many of them are protecting a 50 point lead right now. Flip it over for them and talk about what you do to make sure that you don't end up on the wrong side on Sunday. Well, super safe plays. If uh, mm-hmm. if I'm the Drew Brees owner and my opponent's got Michael Thomas, I'm very happy having Drew Brees in my lineup because yep. every Michael Thomas touchdown, you I'm get getting a touchdown too. too. Yep. Yep. So that Agreed. that's kind of how you play it. You just you just go ultra safe, and 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 you go for the guys that are low you, risk. You look at receivers mm-hmm. who catch a lot of passes and will give PPR you your guys. PPR points, yep. and not necessarily say a Tyler Lockett who needs to turn three receptions into a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, if Tyler Lockett doesn't give you the touchdown. You're stuck. You want Jarvis Landry's of the world. You do. You want Jarvis Landry. You want your safe plays right down the middle of the fairway if you're up by 50 points. All right, let's dive into the matchups, beginning with probably the least interesting one of the entire day. Bills taking on Jets. We have two new quarterbacks at helm in all probability for this game, Matt. The entire day? Try the entire year. Well, that could be too. Um, I've got Buffalo on the bench. Okay, as yeah. a team. Yep, yeah, the team yeah. is on the bench. The Bills have not thrown a touchdown pass in three weeks. They have three passing touchdowns on the season to 16 interceptions. That's unbelievable. Also, the Bills running backs have not run for a touchdown since week two. God, that's un- that's they're, unreal. That's the worst offense maybe in the history of the league. It's, it's going to be in that conversation if they don't turn it around. 
And so let's flip it over to the Jets side. Uh, Isaiah Crowell and Elijah McGuire are my only starters on the Jets side, and they're mm. barely starters, like C-minus starters. The Bills have allowed 12 touchdowns to running backs in nine games. That's the good part. The only problem is, is now we're looking at a split timeshare backfield, and only one back has topped the century mark against them. I'm not excited about either, but either are no. available to be played. Uh, Josh McCown is starting for the Jets uh, as quarterback. He's on the bench. The Bills are only allowing 225 passing yards per game. That's tied for the third fewest in the NFL. Robbie Anderson has an ankle injury. He may not go, and he was McCown's favorite target last year. Quincy Anunwa and Jermaine Curse are both on the bench as well. Anunwa has pretty much moved to the outside now, and Curse has moved inside as the slot receiver on an almost full-time basis. Yeah, but now with the change of quarterback, see, under Darnold, it was just like, you know, he just fed the slot yeah. over and over and over again. But now we're at, at McCown, so, you know, McCown was not as slot-oriented yeah. in the past. The so. thing I'm worried about is Anunwa matches up with Tredavious White, who's yeah. a well-above-average cornerback in game, the NFL. Game over. For yeah, him. so he's on the bench. And then Chris Herndon, who scored in three of his last four, but that was all with Darnold. I don't know the relationship between McCown and Herndon. They're yeah. teammates. So they, that's, that, <laughs> thank you. Sage-like wisdom from Scott Fish. And the Bills are only allowing four receptions and 41 yards per game to opposing tight ends, so it's not something I want to chase after here with Herndon. Um, I think overall the Jets are better, honestly. The way Darnold had played for the last month, the whole offense is a little bit better with Josh McCown, even on zero reps for this year. I think the over-under in this game is 37, Ugh. and I think I'd take the under. That's gross. Scott, Seahawks taking on the Rams. This is a surprisingly good Seahawks defense. Mm-hmm. And um, does this present any problems for the Rams? I'm interested to hear what you have to think. I don't know. The last game they played was 33-31, kind yeah. of a shootout, actually. Yeah. Um, Seahawks, obviously, we can tell by the score. Seahawks almost won that game. It was it was yeah. touch and go. Yeah, they really did. And and they did it on the ground with uh, 34 touches to running backs. I, I, I wonder if that's a little bit of the blueprint to to hold the Rams down. Um, let's start with the running game instead here. We usually start with the passing game. Let's start with the running game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carson has been questionable all week. It's likely he's going to play. If he doesn't, Mike Davis is a huge must play. Mike Davis has, uh, has been the starter twice this year. And he was RB6 and RB11 in those two starts. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So he's a definite start. If, if not, Carson gets a two to one advantage in touches usually, so I make Carson a B grade and Davis a C grade because I, I. Although there's a scenario out there where, which is tricky, where Carson's active, but maybe they don't use him or they give him exactly. a much reduced role. It's, it's very, it's very difficult to project here. Yeah. You guys remember Rashad Penny? Yeah, that was funny. No, nope. yeah. no, I don't even know who you're talking about. I think, okay, I think he plays a couple special team snaps every <laughs> once in a while for a first rounder, uh, kind of like Cordero Patterson for us for a while. Um, Russell Wilson, give him a B greed. He's he's starting to heat up. He has 76 rushing yards over the last three games. He only had 42 rushing yards in the first five games total. He's starting to add those rushing yards to his uh, to his uh, you know inventory of points he's getting or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. It has potential for a good game script for uh, for Wilson. I think it's possible they fall behind. Very very possible they fall behind and have to keep catching up. So I, I have a B grade on Russell Wilson here. I give most of his receivers B's and C's as well. Baldwin looks like he's going to play. I barely give him a yeah. B grade. He has 75-plus yards in two of the last three. He's super inconsistent, but he's still the his Russell Wilson's number one guy. It's a unsteady, unsteady B grade. 
He gets the best cornerback the Rams have, too, though. Mm. Nickel Roby Col- uh, Coleman. And uh, so I, I like his one-on-one matchup the least out of the group. You're, you like Baldwin more than I do. Ba- Baldwin fine. jumps around. He's like 30%, 30%, 40%. He's normally a slot guy, but it's only like 40%. All right. So he does jump around. Uh, Lockett, B-grade. I, I almost consider an A just because yeah. Marcus Peters is getting destroyed constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, Baldwin being in is, is the scary thing. Because with Baldwin out... Uh, he topped 50 yards in every game and scored in two of them. With Baldwin in, he hasn't topped three catches yet this season. Yeah, that's not the, once. Yeah, it's he's he's he got to get the touchdown out of Lockett, but that and, could happen in yeah. this game. And he's had six touchdowns in eight games, yeah. so it could definitely happen. I have a B grade on Lockett, a C grade on Moore. Barely, it, it becomes very safe if Baldwin comes out. But he has five red zone targets in the last three weeks, scoring mm-hmm. scoring in three of them. And Russell Wilson trusted him with the very last play of the game last week, which tells tells me a lot about his trust in David Moore around the end zone. Yeah. So C grade there. Uh, Goff, uh, basically I gave all A's to the the Rams except for Cooks. I gave a B, and I'll explain why in a second. But Goff, uh, A grade. The, my only concern here is the Seahawks have not allowed a top 12 fantasy quarterback yet this season. Yeah, it's shocking to me. Now, not they've one. played a lot of garbage quarterbacks. That's exactly where I was going to go, so I'm not going to go over it. But, yes, they played a lot of garbage a lot of garbage quarterback. So, um, uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought there. Well, it's because I stomped on your punchline. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's fine. Goff had five 300, has five 300-yard games and five multi-touchdown games. And see, I was allowed back-to-back touch, multi-touchdown games to quarterbacks. I'm still going to give him an A here. Can I uh, can I mention my my golf stat that I may have mentioned last week? But I just think it's so salient here, and it's playing itself about Gurley. About Gurley, yeah. When Gurley only only scores one or zero <laughs> rushing touchdowns, Jared Goff absolutely goes off. His average game when Gurley only has zero or one touchdowns is 350 yards and three almost three and a half touchdowns per game. It's crazy. So if Gurley doesn't eat all the touchdowns, Goff gets them. So they're always going to score the points. So to me, it's always all about how good is Gurley going to be is the first question. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, exactly. But I think Goff is startable either way, and he's a low A, even in the for me, in, the, in those other games. But uh, he's an A grade here. Woods, give him an A grade because he's the super consistent target leader, five catches and 70 yards or more than those mm-hmm. in eight straight games. <laughs> uh, Cooper Cup, I-, I love Cup. I think this is a great spot for him. He gets Justin Coleman, who plays off his slot receiver by 6.8 yards. Why that's relevant is that when Russell Wilson targets Cooper Cup and there's more than five yards cushion, he has a near-perfect passer rating. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's just a smash spot here. 18 catches, 280 yards, and three touchdowns. He, he just if they, do that, if they did that to Cup, he's going to hit Cup all day long. Mm-hmm. Cooks, I give the B grade here, too. Uh, Cup and Woods have scored 14.5 fantasy points. More than 14.5 fantasy points all but one time the combined. Cooks has done it four of eight weeks. He does it every other week, and this is an off week for him. So that's that's uh, kind of random, but he can get the two for 52, or he could explode. He's still going to be. He's still startable, but I, oh, for I sure. he's the one that I'm most concerned about. Interesting. Robert Woods is another one of these safe right down the middle wide receivers, right? You want your 70 yards and your six receptions, and Woods chips in another 10? Here's your guy to help protect your 50-point lead from Thursday. Exactly. Conversely, yeah, it, Brandon Cooks exactly. is the opposite. upside guy. Yeah, exactly. That's right. He's, He's the, the guy up, you right? need for the McCaffrey 
deficit. Correct. Correct. Or the Ben deficit or the Antonio Brown deficit. Sure. Uh, yes. Any of but, those. By the way, Cup has scored in four straight, five of six where he played the full game. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. He quietly, Cup is like a. He was a top five red zone guy last year and this year in yeah. games played. So going forward, Cooper Cup, top 10 receiver. Because nobody's thinking that, but I bet if we look at his full game averages, I bet he's a top 10 receiver in fantasy. Yeah, I think it's pretty close. I bet it's, it's close. It's right there. I bet quietly Cooper Cup is right around a top it, 10 wide receiver. In a 12-team league, he's probably a wide receiver one. When we come back, Lions take on the Bears. We'll tell you if the Lions' offense is going to get back on track after last week's debacle when we return. This is Take a Chance on Me. We can go ah, it is. How about that? Yeah, there it is. Ah, all right. This is very, wow. This is how you woo a woman. <laughs> right here. That's not how I woo a woman. In the, <laughs> eight, that much. In the 80s, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. This would be in the background of uh, some coming-of-age, teenage 80s film, right? During some some scene in which Michael Anthony Hall is half naked. Come on. Tripping over his underwear or Come something. On, ladies, take a chance on me. Yeah. Right. If you change your mind. Wow. Take a chance on me, nine players. Not normally in your starting lineup. Uh, all three of my guys are waiver wire players, and I think most of these are our guys that are available on the waiver wire. They've all got good upside. You're down by a lot. Think about these guys. Beginning at the quarterback position. Scott. Uh, So, uh, I'm going with Marcus Mariota. Uh, Mariota has just one game over 240 yards on the season and failed to even get a touchdown four of seven. That's what worries me. That's what worries me. But he has a similar skill set to Trubisky, who who had 332 and two. And 81 and 1 rushing against them. I think there's a lot of garbage time here. And the Pats on the road are allowing just over 300 yards and two touchdowns per game. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that angle. I actually think his passing hasn't been half bad. Uh, Matt, your quarterback. First off, I have to read a text message from my wife, Melissa, who says, Nope, not how you woo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Well done, Melissa. Yes. Agree. Uh, my take a chance on me quarterback is Baker Mayfield, who's available and I think has some huge upside here. Uh, the Falcons have given up over 300 yards passing to six of the eight quarterbacks they've faced on the season. And three or more touchdown passes to five of those six quarterbacks. Dang. So five quarterbacks have topped 300 and had at least three touchdowns. It's amazing, that's, isn't it? That's nuts. Now, Baker hasn't topped the 300-yard mark in the last four weeks, but he has thrown multiple touchdown passes in each of his last three. I like that streak to continue this week. I like him, too. We, you know, Baker keeps having these easy matchups, and he hasn't really exploited them yet. Maybe this is the one where yeah. it all comes together. Josh Rosen goes up against Kansas City. And before last week's bye, he, you may have not remembered, and I don't blame you, he's had his best game ever, 252 yards and two touchdowns for Josh Rosen. Larry Fitzgerald finally healthy for the first time since September. And David Johnson has an awesome matchup through the air. The Kansas City secondary playing better, middle of the pack anyway, but every opposing quarterback except Case Keenum have scored against them. And the Cardinals, 16-point underdogs, are likely to be playing from behind and throwing constantly in this game. I love... I, David Johnson, by himself, might power Josh Rosen to a huge game through the air. Mm-hmm. 
Let's go to the running back position. Scott. I'm going way off board here with a guy named Josh Adams for the Eagles. Uh, Adams has, Adams led the team in carries last week, there, you know, before the bye. And he has 50% of the team's running back te- attempts inside the 10 over the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. He's a bigger back. He averaged 6.8 yards per carry in that game against Jacksonville, which is pretty good run defense. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys will be without Sean Lee and Sproles. Uh, Darren Sproles is already marked out. They know what they have in Smallwood and Clement. I can see them giving Adams a, a legit shot here. Okay. Uh, I've got Ito Smith of the Falcons going against Cleveland. He's due for about 12-ish touches in this game, splitting time with Tevin Coleman, but the matchup is just too juicy to pass on. The Browns are bottom 10 in nearly every statistical category against opposing running backs. They're allowing an average of 172 total yards per game to the position, That's tied for, and they're tied for the most rushing touchdowns allowed. And the Falcons rank number 8 in the NFL in yards created before contact. So they're opening holes, and they're getting Ito open along the way. All right. I've got Spencer Ware against Arizona, and I I like this one as much as I liked Duke Johnson last week, which, by the way, couldn't help but bring up. (laughs) Uh, Wait. Uh, It's not on here. Where is... What happened? Did Tony take it with him to D.C.? (laughs) I got two happy trombones, and I I don't have a peacock. What the? There it is. There's the peak. Where did the peacock go from the button bar? Oh, this is not cool. Ah, it's... There it is. There we go. Thank you. Uh, Spencer Ware. The Chiefs are going to roll in this game, as I mentioned, with Josh Rosen. And backup runner Spencer Ware is going to get a lot of run in this game. Arizona sees the most rushing attempts by a mile, 34 per game. No chance Kareem Hunt gets 34 carries in this game in a one-sided blowout. Here's what some of the other backups have done against the Cardinals. Royce Freeman scored a touchdown. Alfred Morris put up 90 yards. These are all guys in in a backup capacity. Rashad Penny put up a career-high 50 yards. Tariq Cohen, 70 yards. Malcolm Brown, 45 yards. Chris Thompson, 130 yards and a touchdown. All backup running backs. Arizona ranks 31st in rushing yards allowed per game. Every opponent except San Francisco has scored a rushing touchdown against them. Spencer Ware. Let's go to our final position. Receivers. Scott. Yeah, I'm going to go with John Ross. I think it's an upside dart throw here. He's finally healthy, finally over that groin injury. He's been practicing all week. He had 10 targets in the two games prior to missing, missing time from that injury. Fastest receiver in the NFL. Bengals have been playing catch-up with A.J. Green out. All right. I've got a deep, deep dart throw here. It's Brashad Perriman, the wow. first-round pick. Uh, that, that is deep. He's playing for Cleveland now. Oh. Uh, he's only played three games. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Callaway's playing time was cut significantly last week in the debut of new offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens. Callaway only ran 29 routes. Perriman ran 19. And out of all the, the secondary receivers for Cleveland... Perriman led the team in targets with six. Hmm. So the Falcons hmm. have allowed the seventh most receptions, third most yards, and touchdowns to the wide receiver position. Perriman is a sneaky play along that the is, outside. That is a deep, they, deep They have a tight, don't they? Callaway and Perriman, fast receivers, no hands. Yeah, there's that. Uh, I'm going with Maurice Harris, wide receiver for the Redskins. Ah, you mean Mo? Mo Harris. Mo Harris. Harris. <laughs> uh, he, he should work mostly out of the slot, which is the Bucks' Achilles heel. They continue to start the absolutely dreadful MJ Stewart, perhaps the worst starting cornerback in the NFL, allowing 
He's allowing an almost perfect passer rating of 148 in his coverage. Nice. Which is almost unthinkable. Slot receivers, Tyler Boyd, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jarvis Landry, Nelson Aguilar, all piled up at least 88 receiving yards on MJ Stewart. Four out of the five scored touchdowns. Harris last week, 10 catches, 124 yards. He could go back-to-back. I know I don't have to pile on, but uh, on that slot thing, they've allowed the most yards and most receptions to the slot in the NFL. There you go. Perfect. Maurice Harris is our guy. Um, so there, that, I think virtually all nine of those guys, with the exception of Baker Mayfield, I think eight of the nine are on waiver wires. Those are some deep sleepers. In right redraft there. leagues, Mayfield's there, yeah. You're probably right. And well, not. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Lions take on the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's start on the Lions' side, where Matthew Stafford just got done absorbing 10 sacks at the hands of the Vikings. And here comes Khalil Mack in the Bears' defense that ranks 6th in sacks in the NFL. Chicago sacked Stafford seven times in the two games last year, and that was before Khalil Mack got there. I'm worried about Matthew Stafford's health and, and frankly, his, his entire future here. The Lions' offense looked utterly discombobulated last week without Golden Tate. I'm not sure it gets better this week if Stafford's going to be harried for the whole game. I've got him as a B grade, but it feels like, now that I'm talking about it, it feels like more like a C grade for Matthew Stafford. Let's talk about his receivers. Marvin Jones in the first game without Golden Tate led all the Detroit receivers in targets, receptions, and yards. So maybe that's going to be a sign and a glimmer of hope for Marvin Jones, who's been pretty inconsistent this year. In two meetings with the Bears last year, he put up exactly 85 yards, which is very solid. He scored once. You'll see a lot of Prince of Mukamara, who's just a middle-of-the-road cornerback, B-grade on Marvin Jones, C-grade on Kenny Galladay. In two games against Chicago last year, he caught six passes. Eh. Galladay runs most of his routes from Kyle Fuller's side of the field, and that's not good. In five of the past six games, receivers have not topped 41 yards in Kyle Fuller's coverage. Only one has scored in the past six games. Kenny Galladay is just a C-grade start. Going to the running game, on Johnson. Last week's outing was the first time Johnson was held to under five yards per carry uh, when he got among games in which he got at least double-digit rush attempts. The Bears have been very good against the run, especially the last two weeks, without Khalil Mack, who returns here. Isaiah Crowell, LaShawn McCoy combined for 35 rushing yards against the Bears. That's it. Tough matchup for on Johnson. Maybe chips in some help through the air. I've got a C grade on on Johnson in this one. And Theo Riddick. On the bench, Bears are allowing the fifth-fewest running back yards uh, through the air, and only James White has topped even 30 yards through the air against Chicago all season long. Let's go to the Bears' side. Game gets a lot more promising because the one really good cornerback the Lions have, Darius Slay, is not going to play in this game. So as I look at Mitch Trubisky, first I looked at last week's game, and he barely even passed because it was Buffalo, and they got to an early lead, and they, they just ran the ball. But here's the problem for this week. That's exactly what teams are doing to the Lions. Detroit's seeing the fewest passes per game, just 28. And over the past two weeks, Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson threw just 22 and 17 passes against the Lions. It's hard to roll up decent fantasy stats if the volume just isn't there. And that's why I've only got a B-grade in Mitch Trubisky, even with Darius Slay out. Let's go to his receivers. Taylor Gabriel uh, is a B start for me. I had him as a C until they ruled out Darius Slay. Strong speed advantage over all the rest of the Lions' corners. Gabriel's very fast, and Slay is the fast corner they've got. In fact, these can have matchups against the iron-footed Tease Tabor. Something called 
Tease Tabor, who might be the slowest corner in the lead league. He is a four six seven forty yard dash corner. You almost never even wow. see that. Incidentally, if he has an iron foot, maybe we should try him at kicker. That they might want to. Uh, I like Taylor Gabriel. Be start on uh, be great on him. Allen Robinson expected to come back for this game. Uh, I still prefer Gabriel because of that speed advantage. But Robinson's also startable in this matchup with a C grade. Again, Darius Slay out helps him too. And then let's go last part of the passing game for the Bears. Trey Burton has scored in five of the past seven games. Lions are middle of the pack tight end defense that's allowed touchdowns to the likes of Garrett Selleck, Jeff Swaim, Lance Kendricks, and Ed Dixon. If those tight ends can score touchdowns against the Lions, so can Trey Burton, also a B start. Now let's look at the running backs for Chicago. Jordan Howard, nearly half of his rushing yards have come in the fourth quarter in overtime, and that plays well if you believe the Bears will be running out the clock against the Lions this week, which I think they probably will. Now, it's a little unfair, but aside from Dalvin Cook's 71-yard dash, since the Lions got Snacks Harrison all the rest of their runs, they're giving up 3.3 yards per carry. That's it. Now keep in mind, this was a Lions defense that was giving up 6 yards per carry before Snacks Harrison. So, again, it's a little unfair to take Dalvin Cook's run away, but if you do, they're they're double as effective as a run defense. Jordan Howard has a B grade. Tariq Cohen. From weeks 4 through 7, Cohen was rocking it with seven or more receptions during those three games, and then he's had three or fewer receptions in the other five games, including the last two games in which he's had just two catches, and then his rushing numbers just haven't been there. The usage has been very peculiar for him. Um, Lions are middle of the pack against receiving running backs. So I've got Tariq Cohen uh, as a C grade for this game uh, because the usage just hasn't been there lately, and I can't be sure that he's going to get rushes or receptions anymore. Might be the first game in a long time. I've had Tariq Cohen ahead of Jordan Howard. When we come back, plenty more matchups to get to, including Falcons-Browns. Matt already told you a couple of guys that he likes for that game. We'll tell you if there's anybody on the Falcons you don't want to start. Will Tevin Coleman score twice again? Find out when we come back. This afternoon at 2.30, the Minnesota Gophers host Purdue on FM 100.3 The Fan. The Greater Twin Cities Honda dealers are proud supporters of Gopher Athletics on iHeartRadio. Weekly on the fan, Paul Charchi and Scott Fish, Matt Harrison with you. We've got a bunch of matchups to get to, including uh, a potential point orgy. Falcons-Browns. I mean, you don't think of the Browns as being a part of a, a high-scoring game, but I think they can be here. 51 over-under. Yeah, how about that? Uh, I love all virtually everybody on the Falcons. Let's. Uh, where do you want to start? Matt Ryan? Sure. All right, let's talk about Matt Ryan. Ryan. He's my number three quarterback this week. Love him. I gave him an A grade. Each of the last six quarterbacks to face the Browns have either had 298 or more yards or multiple touchdown passes. Mm -hmm. And I think Matt Ryan can do both this week. Yeah. Um, Julio Jones, obvious A. He scored last week, faces a banged-up Denzel Ward. I'm not scared of a banged-up Denzel Ward. Uh, Calvin Ridley and Muhammad Sanu are even plays. They're uh, C grades. Demarius Randall and EJ Gaines are both also... 
hurt members of the Cleveland secondary. I don't think they're going to go. Making Ridley and Sanu both, both very viable in this totally. game. Totally. I think Ridley could be sitting on a great game. Yeah, Austin Hooper, I'm giving a tepid C grade too because there's a lot of tight ends out this week. Uh, Travis Kelsey and Jared Cook, each top 95 yards and scored twice against Cleveland, but no other tight end has done anything against mm. them. So it's no scores besides those two players the rest of the season. So Hooper, I'm I'm very tentative on. Uh, I already talked about Ito Smith as my take-a-chance-on-me runner, and for very much the same reason, I like Tevin Coleman a lot this week, although he's splitting carries. He gets about a C-plus grade, B-minus somewhere in there. That's about where Ito Smith is. I already talked about how bad the Browns' run defense is, so let's go over to the other side. Uh, Baker Mayfield might take a chance on me quarterback, who, by the way, is available in 60% of ESPN leagues. I think he's at that. Uh, that goes wink, with wink. mostly rostered. Nudge, nudge. Yeah. He's... 60% available. Uh-huh. All right, you can pick him up. Jarvis Landry is an A grade. In the last two games, the Falcons have allowed almost 500 receiving yards to opposing wide receivers. This includes 124 yards to the slot receiver Maurice Harris. 167 yards to the slot receiver Sterling Shepard. Yeah. Jarvis Landry's sitting on a huge game. And he's been super frustrating. And I know people are hesitant to put him in lineups, but for the love of God, this week, do it. If, if not now, when? Right. Uh, Brashad Perriman was my take a chance on me wide receiver. I'm not in on the other uh, Browns wide receivers, Callaway or any of the other guys. And David Njoku, he gets a C grade. Njoku has topped 50 yards or scored in five of Mayfield's six starts. But that sixth game was the goose egg in the awesome matchup similar to this. The Falcons have or did allow last week nine catches for 96 yards to the Washington tight ends. So Njoku's in a good spot. Njoku's got knee and rib injuries right now, and yeah. it's a game-time decision. You'll want to watch his status. Yeah, he, he might be more out than in. Um, moving on, Duke Johnson, A-grade. Uh, Atlanta hasn't been able to stop pass-catching running back since the Carter administration. Hmm. Falcons have allowed the most receptions and third most receiving yards to opposing backs and have already allowed catch totals of 9, 14, and 15 to single opposing running backs already this year. I wanted to use Duke Johnson as my take a chance on me runner. Yes. Uh, you guys went, you I would have yelled last you. week, and that's so obvious you can't use him anymore. Well, and he's like owned in like 70 or 80% of leagues now. Too, now he so, is. Yeah. Correct. Last week it was, it sounded much, much better. You know, on Monday, before all the waivers ran, he was a viable take-a-chance-on-me <laughs> right. guy, but yeah. then everybody figured it out, and then he wasn't. Now it's Spencer uh, it, Worth noting that Duke led all NFL running backs in 2016 and 2017 in yards per touch, something Hugh Jackson evidently <laughs> forgot along the way. Unbelievable. Freddie Kitchens hasn't, though. And Nick Chubb, he gets a B-grade, too. Atlanta's allowing 4.3 yards per carry this season, and Chubb's carry toll just keeps going up. Mm-hmm. Had 23 carries last week, so he's a good play as well. Uh, Patriots take on the Titans. Scott, no Rob Gronkowski. When you look at the inconsistent production, fantasy production we're getting from Tom Brady, look at Gronk. He hasn't scored since, whatever, week three or something. And here's Tom Brady, who's you know roughly quarterback 14 in your league. Right, and I think that's fair, and that's probably where I have him about this week. I give him a B grade. The Titans are top 10 for passing yards allowed. Uh, But five of those eight quarterbacks had multiple touchdowns. 
And uh, Brady, over the last six games, has topped 270 yards in all of them, and he's averaging over two touchdowns per game in that span. Yeah. I, I think he's got a pretty safe floor. That's why I like him as a B grade. Uh, obviously, Gronk is out. So I got an A grade on Gordon. Gordon finally broke out last week. Tom Brady had some really nice stuff to say about him this week, about coming in early, staying late, etc. 130 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets last week. Mm. Since joining New England, he's averaging 18 yards per catch. And over the last four weeks, he is averaging eight targets per game, uh, four and a half catches, and playing over 80% of the snaps. This is a Malcolm Butler revenge game. He'll likely be on Gordon, but Butler has been terrible this year. I, I love that matchup for Gordon. And I think I don't think Belichick needs to explain why Butler was benched in the Super Bowl anymore, based on uh, the No, he's been bad. <laughs> he's been really bad. Uh, I gave Edelman a B grade. He's averaging nine targets per game, and volume is king. With Gronk out, uh, he's probably going to get even more middle-of-the-field middle work. Um, that alone has propelled him to four of his last five games, or four of his five games this season, over 50 yards, and he's averaging five catches per game in those. Uh, nice, solid B grade there. Uh, James White, he's a back I like to give an A grade every week, too, pretty much. <laughs> uh, the Titans are great against pass-catching running backs, but I think this is one of those spots where White will overcome how great the, the Titans have been against pass-catching running backs. Uh, he's he's had at least seven catches in three of the last five games. Uh, I can see that easily happening here. Michelle, questionable. I'm a little hesitant. Uh, but I think game script could get them ahead. He he could he could get some good play. I have him with a C grade here. Uh, the Titans are allowing just three point three yards per carry uh, over the last five weeks, and just one running back to rush over seventy yards. But when Michelle gets the starting role, mm-hmm. he's had really good games. I know, lots of usage, lots of good games. Yeah, that's so, the tricky part. So if if he's good enough to go, I, I give him a starting grade. Uh, on the other side, it's one of those weird weeks where I. I, I kind of like the streaming quarterback, the the naked Mariota out there in, in, mm-hmm. in DFS. I, I like playing Mariota, but I don't like most of his uh, most of his <laughs> team. I think it's going to be spread around. Davis is the obvious guy to get a grade, but I don't have a starting grade on him. I have him just barely making a bench grade. Uh, I can see a C grade, but he's going to be shadowed by Stefan Gilmer, who who last week in the third quarter switched over and shadowed your uh, take on from last week, MVS. Yes. Okay. How about MVS as well? Yeah. He, I had a good take a chance yeah. on me week. Uh, Mar- Marquez. I should mention Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, did not have another catch after Gilmore switched over. Yeah, how about that? So, <laughs> uh, Belichick obviously realized need to stop him, and mm-hmm. he's going to use Gilmore to try to stop Davis. That's why I don't like him. I don't like Janu, even though he was a great... We we called that as a great uh, pivot from Gronk next, last week, and Janu scored a touchdown. But I have him on the bench. I have uh, Derrick Henry on the bench because he's a backup now. Yeah, he's a clear backup. He is the clear backup. I do give Lewis a B grade. For five straight weeks, a back has had 14 or more touches against the Pats. Every one of them topped 80 yards. And in the last two weeks, Lewis is averaging 19 touches per game and topped 120 total yards in both. So B grade for Lewis. Not bad. Um, Dan Lewis could be, and their schedule's pretty easy the rest of the way. Dan Lewis could be a sneaky guy that a, ends a league up, winner two years in a row. Yeah, how about that? Maybe three. Uh, you probably have forgotten, and I don't blame you, listeners. Patriots Titans is a rematch from the playoffs last year. Who remembers that, right? I remember the Titans beating the Chiefs in that weird game. Correct. 
It, I, it was just a buy after that, I think, I think for, it, for the Patriots. It really was. Uh, 35-14 to 14 was the final score of that game, and Brady rolled up three touchdowns in that one. Didn't the Patriots play the Tennessee Titans in that freak blizzard yeah, it was storm? Like 59 like 10, to nothing. Yeah, like 59 yeah. nothing, and everybody pulled all their players because it was crazy snowing. Yeah. And if you pulled your Titans, you were exactly right. And then all the then they put up like I think it was fifty nine. I think it was fifty nine. Yeah, fifty nine nothing, I believe. Yeah. Uh, hold on, I'm scrolling. Here it is, right here. Could it have been October eighteenth though of two thousand nine? Was there really a blizzard on October eighteenth of two thousand nine? And look outside. Tom Brady, <laughs> six touchdown passes in that game. Sure. How about jeez? That's uh, that turned out well for them. Let's go to the phones for a minute. We'll work in a few callers. Uh, ben, hello. Good morning, all you guys. Good Appreciate morning. Appreciate your calls. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be kind of a pain in the rump. Uh, it's definitely non-PPR. You're, if you can, pick my running back to my flex position. Uh, I have the the Browns running backs mm-hmm. and, and Zeke. Otherwise, then for flex, uh, Ridley and Tyrell Williams. See, I think Ridley has to be in. Calvin Ridley? Okay. Calvin Ridley has to yep, be in. He's Calvin. my number eight yep. receiver this week. And you, well, have, you have both Browns running backs and, and Zeke. Zeke. And here's the funny thing. This is Zeke's toughest matchup of the season. It is. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not obvious that Zeke has to go in. It's now, not. that said, it's standard scoring. Yeah. Correct. So if it's standard scoring, I think we're leaving Duke Johnson on the bench, unfortunately. Yeah. If you're getting <laughs> nothing for receptions, I think Duke's the odd man out. Yep. Okay. And then if I can do, in my league, it's the touchdown heavy, non-PPR. And that's just um, two of two of these four, uh, Chubb and Zeke and uh, Ridley and Edelman. It's almost the exact same lineup. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's how I usually run. <laughs> <laughs> I think Edelman's out. Okay. I, you, I you got Chubb and Zeke. You got yeah. three guys score touchdowns. Yeah. Edelman generally doesn't. Yeah, yep. I think I think that's what I do. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks a lot. Yep. Bye. Uh, ben is from Milwaukee and presumably listening at KFAN.com or on the iHeartRadio app, and you could do that as well. If you are streaming abroad, we encourage you to check both of those out. When we come back, three hot questions for our panel of experts. Well, that's Matt and Scott. You can play along. See if you <laughs> wait, go. wait, wait, what? Yeah. We're not experts anymore? Well, panel. You're, no, it's that you're not a panel. Okay. It's two, it's two a panel. I don't know. I mean, I, that's. I think it's a little ambiguous. All right, two plus the listeners. You're saying we're panel. not a panel, but we're still experts. That is what I'm okay, saying. Okay, good. That's a lot. Thank you for allowing me to clarify uh, that the the quotes are around the word panel, not yep. expert. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on the Fan. Show Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Paul Churchin, Scott Fish, Matt Harrison with you. Top of hour two means that we are diving into three hot questions. But first, the winner. Oh, I want to know who won. Of the Crush Charge Challenge for last week is Kyle Zach. And by the way, this year, all easy last names. I've loved it. No challenging last names. I don't think I've butchered any of them yet. Kyle Zach, he's got two first names. I can't get it wrong. <laughs> Kyle Zach will join me at Manny's Steakhouse for the winner's banquet and his chance for the $2,000 grand prize. You can play along by going to grainbelt.com, play, uh, create a roster to play against me, 
The beauty is it's an all-superstar roster of just, just star player after star player. There's no real limitations. Just honestly, get them all right. Yeah, well, just all you got to do is beat me. And I decided I'm not playing any part, I think any part, uh, I think, of the Chiefs' passing game. Because mm. I think it's going to be just going a hunt, lot of running. Yeah, you got it. I didn't start where, but mm. did go hunt. So, yeah, we'll see. That was the uh, the Crest Charge Challenge. Uh, I, it's a, not my strongest. Here's what I'm really saying. It's not my strongest roster of the year. Many thanks to our friends at the brewery, Sean Ryan and Brett Moss and Lee Wendinger and the owners, Ted and Jody Marty and Dave Wilson, general manager at Manny's. Delicious. Let's uh, let's dive in. Here. Tavani's hot question number one. In many leagues, the trade deadline is happening very soon, if not in the next 24 hours. Should teams that are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs be allowed to trade? Scott. Absolutely. They have every right to play spoiler. They have every right to play within their in within the rules to try to win the, their games, try to play their best. Uh, leagues have rules against collusion, and if there's collusion, you, you reverse the trade. That's really the only thing you're worried about in this in this scenario here. Um, I know some leagues have rules about mathematically eliminated teams, but if there's no rule, yeah, absolutely, you should be able to trade. Yeah, to add to that, fantasy is supposed to be fun. And fantasy leagues, it's your job, leagues and commissioners, to devise ways to keep the losers of your league engaged in the league. Uh, like one of one of our coworkers at Fanball, his league requires the loser of the league to take the SATs and report it. Yeah, report the scores. Like you don't want to be the last place guy, so you want something to play for. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's it's our job to make sure that everybody keeps playing. So yeah, they can trade. All that and more. Uh, I'm shocked at how many leagues are like this, where you know they don't. They're so worried about this specter of collusion that freaking so never rare. happens. It's so rare. It's so rare. People get all worked up about bad teams making trades with good teams. Let it happen. It's just you know that's it's you get to do that. That's part of the enjoyment of the league. And I hate these leagues that try to try to govern trades. Worst, and it's usually the commissioner is usually problem number one because that guy's on a power trip. He's decided what's best for the league. So yes, long <laughs> short of it is teams that are mathematically Charge. eliminated. Should it sounds be like you're really trade. angry at commissioners. Well, you know, because on Twitter I keep getting this stuff. Ah, oh, I got to step in. I got to step in on this trade. This team is one and seven, and they're giving up their best player. And no, you don't. No, no. That's, that's they get, exactly they get when you do give up your best player to try to build a roster that can get to the playoffs. Come on. Giovanni's hot question number two. Le'Veon Bell appears likely to report next week, and James Conner is in the concussion protocol. Considering Bell's likely cost of acquisition, are you buying? Matt. Yeah, that Connor and the concussion protocol thing. It's that almo- makes it interesting. It's almost it? like somebody left the gate open uh. right there. Uh, I want to know what the likely cost to acquire him. If it's if it's those RB two guys like Jordan Howard or Kevin Coleman, I think it's RB two is what it'll cost. That's, I'll clarify that into the question. That's what I would try to acquire Le'Veon Bell for. Now, note you can't acquire him from an owner that has both Bell and Connor. You can only acquire him from an owner that just has Bell. So you're not going to be able to get him in any other way, I think. So, yeah, yes, is yeah. The, you're giving yes is the answer. Uh, yeah, right? I would okay. definitely try right, to. You're yes. Yeah. Scott? 
I would say you should you could try, but I don't think you're going to get it. I think the time has passed uh, passed for people uh, get, trying to get that bargain because people now know he is reporting and now know he's in the concussion Connors in the concussion protocol. I don't think you're going to get the trade you want to. Uh, so I guess my answer is yes, you should try, but I don't think you're going to get it. Yeah, the correct answer is no. Okay. Here's your best case scenario. Uh, so your best case scenario looks like this. Ideally for Bell. Connor misses this week with the concussion protocol. They immediately inject Bell in on just a couple of days, right? We think he's at, he'll likely report like Tuesday of next week. So they on a handful of days, they immediately inject him into the lineup, and he's awesome. He's so good and so much better than Connor that there's no debate going forward who the best running back is, and the Steelers decide to play Bell the rest of the year. That's what you're really hoping for as a best-case scenario. Also, their mindset is that they're going to run the wheels off Bell because they're not keeping him next year. Yeah, they're, they're, I, I, that's it's a possible. It's there are people that want to believe that is a best part of the best case scenario. But let's look at the more realistic scenarios. Like Connor's got ten days between games. In all probability, he's yeah, going to be well team. out of the concussion protocol, and he's your starter next week. But even then, in a second more probable scenario than the best case scenario, Connor misses maybe a game. Bell gets some action because he's only been on the team for a handful of days. I mean, he doesn't get a workhorse, ver- does not get workhorse number of carries. Um, he gets maybe, I don't know, half the carries or something, or 40% of the carries, and he looks fine. But he doesn't look any better than Connor, and Connor's looked great. And nobody in that side that organization hates Connor. They all love Connor. Mm-hmm. What's not to like about the local kid who beat cancer and has been in every measurable way better than Le'Veon Bell? If you're going to have to give up a guy that you would start as your second running back, I need way, way more probability of success than just this pipe dream best case. There are a lot of really bad second running backs on teams. <laughs> Devani's hot question number three. Should playoff-bound fantasy teams burn a roster spot on Rex Burkhead, who's eligible to come off IR uh, in week number 13. Scott. Sure. If it's your last roster spot, sure, why not stash him? Uh, the old trope is the Patriots run the ball a ton more at the end of the season. Uh, I've never really looked into the data on that until now. In 2016, weeks 1-12, through 12, they averaged 25.8 running back touches per game. After week 12, 38.5, 13 more touches per mm-hmm. game. In 2017... In December games. Uh, weeks 13 through 17. Right, roughly. Yes. All right, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Pop, let's go Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. forward. Yep. Okay. yep. In 2017, that same that same area, 1 through 12, 33 touches per game. At week 13 and on, 41 touches per game. They go 8 to 13 more running back touches per game in the last month mm-hmm. and a half of the season. Okay. So I'm going, yeah, stash it, just in case. You never know. For all of that and more, Rex Burkhead is the Red Savina Habanero of three hot questions. That's five hundred thousand Scoville heating units. That's a lot. Yeah, I think I think you should definitely pick him up. He's never played more than twelve games in a season in his five year career, though. And it's it's worth noting that he did play eight straight games last year, but he did miss week sixteen, seventeen, and their divisional round playoff game before coming back in the conference championship and Super Bowl. So while you're gonna put him on your roster, he's gonna get dinged up again. Here's always the, uh, my when I wrote the question out, my assumption is, well, yes, let's you know, I want I want a part of the Patriots running backs. But then I started looking into the schedule and what I will be saying to you Thanksgiving week for week thirteen against Minnesota. 
I think he gets a bench grade, presumably under the assumption Sony Michelle is on the team. He's, he's healthy. He's going to be behind Michelle, and you're really you're, you're hoping he chips in a few receptions and gets a few carries against the Vikings. I don't like it. Week fourteen, I think he gets like a Rex Burkhead gets like a C grade against Miami. They're easy to run on, but Michelle's going to get all the first runs at this thing. Um, and then I get to week fifteen at Pittsburgh. Maybe a C grade here, but Pittsburgh's a top five run back running back defense through the air and on the ground. So he might be a bench guy there too. Then I'm week sixteen against Buffalo. Maybe a C grade. When those teams met in week eight, Cordell Patterson only got he was our leading running back with thirty eight yards. Um Buffalo's actually a really pretty good run defense. I don't I so I think we're looking at all bench and C grades from Rex Burkhead unless somebody gets hurt. Well, if Michelle or White gets hurt, and White never does, but if Michelle gets hurt, which is very possible, now everything changes. The whole script flips, and now he's an A and B guy most of those weeks. Yeah, I, I so think that's what one you're of the holding. Things that, it's last roster spot. That's yeah, I, I think that you have to look at the Patriots running back angle as they get hurt, they cycle through guys, they go hot hand sometimes, and you just try to get a piece of it. If at the beginning of the season people were avoiding James White because he looked like he was third or fourth on the depth chart there, mm-hmm. they're pretty happy having James White now. You just get a piece or two of the Patriots running back, stick it on the bench, and see what happens. Um, I do have yes because it is only it only does cost you the last spot on your bench, and Sony Michelle's hurt a lot. If this they had a, they had a if they had a, a more solid running back. This would be a different story. Oh, definitely. But it's not. It, I don't think Rex Burkhead's going to be the guy that that runs you to a championship, barring injury. Washington takes on the uh, the Buccaneers. Hang on, I got to flip pages. Here's the thing you have to know about Washington and why you should be trading away Adrian Peterson now. Their star left tackle Trent Williams is going to miss uh, at least two more weeks and maybe three more weeks after thumb surgery. Both of their guards done for the year. They went on IR this week. Their right tackle, Morgan Moses, may not play because he's got a sprained MCL. He had to leave last week's game. They could very well be short. Four of five running back as offensive linemen this week and going forward for the next month, they could be, they will be short three for sure. And then only at the bitter end are they only short two starting offensive linemen. Not to mention they end the season Dallas, Philly, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Philadelphia. It's a great time to divest in Adrian Peterson for uh, to somebody who doesn't pay attention to offensive linemen like a lot of people don't. Look at what Adrian did last week when these linemen went down. Nothing. All right, let's jump into the matchup more directly now, knowing that the offensive line is going to be a huge problem. Alex Smith, just a C-level start. Easiest matchup of his season but I just think the offensive line makes him a dicey start here. Tampa's allowed multiple passing touchdowns to every non-Nick Foles quarterback they've faced. I I wish I, I wish Smith had better receivers. I wish that he had a better offensive line. But maybe Jordan Reed will help, and Maurice Harris was my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver, and I do think he's a sneaky start even with the offensive line woes. Jordan Reed, A grade, because I see a lot of fast dump-offs coming from Alex Smith, and that could, re- that could fit the tight end position anyway, and... Tampa Bay's allowed a tight end touchdown in five of the last six games. They've given up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. So a nice start opportunity for Jordan Reed. Also, they allow so many yards to slot and and tight positions, which uh, inside in, inside and that's where Jordan where he plays seventy seven percent of his snaps. Very nice. Uh, let's go to the running backs. By the way, Paul Richardson went on IR. If you missed that, you can drop him outright. Uh, let's go to the running back. Adrian Peterson's just a C. With the, the disastrous offensive line, 
He's a runner who can't make his own running lanes. The Buccaneers have allowed 14 touchdowns to running backs, though, so you're banking on a short touchdown to salvage Adrian's day, and that's why he gets a C and not a bench grade. Um, Vernon Davis is an actual, if you are in a pinch at tight end, like you've got Gronk, and it looks like he's going to miss another game, Vernon Davis saw a season-high seven targets and five catches last week against Atlanta, as I mentioned earlier. Tampa dreadful against the tight end position. I've got a C grade on uh, on Vernon Davis. Let's go to the Tampa side. A grade for my guy, Stubeard, Ryan Fitzpatrick. His average full game this year for Ryan Fitzpatrick, a mind-bending 370 yards and 3.8 touchdown passes per game in his full games. The Redskins secondary has allowed passing touchdowns in every game since the opener. And last week, Matt Ryan just toyed with Josh Norman and Fabian Moreau, cornerbacks for the Redskins, scoring four times in that game. Every good passer to face the Redskins has thrown multiple touchdowns. Ryan Fitzpatrick will, too. Mike Evans is an obvious A. I know he inexplicably only caught one pass on 10 targets last week, but he bounces back just fine here. The Redskins have allowed uh, an average of seven catches for 96 yards to number one receivers. Uh, Let's go to Deshaun Jackson. The downfield speed that he's got, perfect for Fitzpatrick in his bombs-away passing style. Josh Norman only plays one side of the field, so the Bucs can isolate Jackson against the slumping Josh Norman and utilize Jackson's massive speed advantage over Norman. I like Deshaun Jackson in this one. B-grade for him. Adam Humphreys, back-to-back, really good games with Stubeard. And he gets a matchup against Redskins slot corner Fabian Moreau, who is slumping, allowing completions on 20 of the last 23 passes in Fabian Moreau's coverage, including a touchdown last week. Adam Humphreys, C grade. And that's it for the oh, OJ Howard. I got to mention him. No tight end has gone over 45 yards against the Redskins this season, but Howard has topped 53 yards in all seven full games he has played. Howard has also scored four times in his last four games. We'll definitely start OJ Howard. He gets a B grade at the tight end position for the running, running backs. Um, we're on the bench. Peyton Barber broadly performing okay against bad defenses, struggling with good ones. The Redskins are a pretty good run defense, and occasionally they're an awesome run defense. He's topped 13 touches. Peyton Barber has just once since week two. He's only scored one time all year. We're going to put Peyton Barber on the bench. How are we doing for time? We can work. Maybe we can work in one more matchup because it's Jags Colts. There can't be that much to talk about, can there? Yeah, maybe. Eh, kind of. Uh, Leonard Fournette gets a C. Uh, Carlos Hyde and TJ Eldon are on the bench, though. The risk of aggravating that hamstring injury during the game is the scariest proposition here. Still, the Colts have given up 5.9 yards per carry to the Bills and Raiders running backs over the last two weeks, and they're giving up a ton of through the air to running backs to Jalen Rashard at eight catches last week. James White had 10 a few games back. Mm. If I trusted the rotation more, Yeldon would be in play, but I don't trust the rotation at all right now. Uh, Blake Bortles is on the bench. In games where Fournette plays, Bortles is averaging 40 fewer passing yards per game, which brings the passing game to a screeching halt for the Jaguars. Well, as does Blake Bortles. Yeah, that's true. Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, and uh, the Dante Moncrief revenge game oh, yeah. is all on the bench. Moncrief actually leads the team in targets, so if you're absolutely forced to put a Jacksonville wide receiver in your lineup, it's Moncrief this week, but what league forces you to play a Jaguars <laughs> wide receiver? Not very many. Uh on the other side, Marlon Mack, I'm giving a C grade to, and he's really the only starting grade I'm giving on Indy. If there's hope, it's the run game. The Jags have allowed an average of 104 rushing yards over their last four games and are basically giving up a touchdown per game to a lead back. 
Mack mm. has 6.2 yards per carry over his last three games, and he's the first Colt to run for back-to-back 100-yard games since Joseph Adai, 2007. Wow. That's going back. Yeah, we're going a ways back. Um, so I like Mack as a C grade. Andrew Luck, he's a C minus bench grade. Jags what? are only al- yeah, I Jags are only allowing 206 yards per game. That's the least in the NFL. Luck averages 43 passing attempts per game, mm-hmm. but opposing quarterbacks are only averaging 30 against the Jags. I do worry about the drop in volume that's Something's coming. Something's got to give. They're not giving up touchdowns. Everything's going to have to be really short, and I think that Luck, even if he gets to his 43 attempts, he's looking at maybe 260-1. and one. I don't know, man. He it, comes into this game with three or four touchdowns in five straight games. But he has been grade? Jacksonville. Well, I I understand that. I am he, strong he just enough had, in my <laughs> conviction to bench Andrew Luck when he needs to be benched. He just had like this a, is the time. He just had like a four touchdown game a couple weeks ago, on throwing twenty four passes, yeah, passes right. or something. Yes. Um, T. Y. Hilton's on the bench too. He he played the last two weeks, but I'm not sure he was fully healthy. He only had five catches and fifty nine total yards in wins against Buffalo and Oakland. He was only targeted. Nine times in those two games. Nine times. Nine times. And he probably draws the slam dunking Jalen Ramsey. Last year against Ramsey when Hilton was fully healthy, two catches for 27 yards, three catches for 51 yards. Uh, Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron are on the bench as well. The Jags are allowing three and a half catches for 41 yards to the tight end position as a whole. They held Evan Engram and Gronk to under 20 yards. Kelsey and Ertz were the only guys who did anything against the Jags, but Jack Doyle is not them, so they're on the bench too. I might buy uh, T.Y. Hilton not low, right? Nobody wants to start him against the Jaguars. He's done nothing as he's been working through this hamstring injury, but they just came off by, and I want to believe the hamstring injury is better now. Yeah, what's the rest of the season schedule on uh, the Colts? Why don't I tell you about the playoff schedule for the Colts right now? Uh, At Houston, then Dallas, and then the Giants. That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But T.Y. Hilton is... But T.Y. Hilton might be your wide receiver three, and you can plug him in the right matchup there. I just think he's cheap to buy right now. I might. I just always have this sense, you know, I always like to buy low on good players. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton, his, his value is as low as it's been in a long time. Forever, maybe. Yeah, for maybe forever. Anybody else in that matchup? We done. That's it. All right. I interrupted, so I wasn't sure. Uh, when we come back, Saints take on the Bengals. You know to start pretty much all your Saints, but what do you do with Andy Dalton, Tyler Boyd? Ain't no A.J. Green in this one. We'll tell you when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fan. Welcome back to the show, Fantasy Football Weekly on the fan. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish, Matt Harrison with you. Saints take on the Bengals, Scott, and I think it's pretty obvious to start all your Saints in this matchup. I'm more interested in what you have to say about the Bengals, but you can start whichever side of the matchup you prefer. Well, I'll just start with the Saints saying, you. I mean, you're right. I have A grades on Breeze, Thomas, and Kamara. I mean, the Bengals yes. are, are bottom three against quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes it pretty easy. I did give Traquan Smith a C grade. I like uh, him more than that. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, he has a great matchup. He's only getting two to three catches per game, which makes him risky. But... Uh, 
and I don't. Maybe not in this game, though. Yeah, I, th- this is. I feel like he's a safer C grade than when I take Hamdim last week, and he he saved you with the touchdown. He did. I did give Ben Watson a C grade as well, just because it's a great matchup. He scored in two straight weeks, and he has thirteen catches over the last three weeks, which surprised me. It didn't seem like he he would. Uh, had Des Bryant not torn his Achilles, I might have benched him, but uh, I'll put Watson in there with a C. Mark Ingram, I did give a B to. Uh, he it's mostly his three point six yards per carry scare me. Bengals D allowing five point four, which is helpful. Um, over the last uh, five weeks, six running backs have had at least ten touches. Five of them topped eighty yards. I think both of these guys are getting ten touches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ingram, I gave a B. Uh, on the other side, Dalton. I gave a B grade here. It's got the highest over under. Dalton's going to have to keep up, but he is without AJ Green. Um, and over the last three games, the the Saints are allowing just under 350 passing yards and 2.3 touchdowns per game. So it made me really, really want to go in on Dalton. But without AJ Green, his numbers just his yards per attempt uh, and yards per reception tank. So I'm a, I'm a little worried there. But he will be playing catch up. Tyler Boyd, it's always it's always concerning what happens. We saw what happened with Thielen with Diggs went out. Mm-hmm. That it, is the worry. Is is Boyd going to yeah, Don't drop think AJ Green is his injury is good for Boyd. It's not. Right. Yeah, it might not be. But, you know, it's good for Boyd going up against PJ Williams. That is good. <laughs> so, uh, he gets an A grade for me, but I I'm not as confident as, as some of the other analysts out there. I I want to see how he handles being a number 1 receiver although from the slot. Uh, presumably they'll keep him in the slot. Yeah, presumably. I think they'd be foolish to, to move him when he's right. had the success, success he's had running from the slot. Exactly. For me, Joe Mixon's always a must-start, but I'd temper my expectations here. Mike Mixon is averaging just 12 touches per game in losses. The Bengals are likely to fall behind. Uh, I still think he's very startable, especially with Gio likely out again. Uh, he should get that passing game work. I still give him a B grade. And Uzuma, uh, he goose-egged in a great matchup last week. I know that, uh, but given the catch-up, given A.J. Green out, yeah. I gave him a C grade just barely. Agreed. Back to Traquan. Look at Listen to what speed receivers. I'm not going to rattle up all the stats. Speed receivers have crushed the Bengals all year long. John Brown, Calvin Ridley, T.Y. Hilton, Deshaun Jackson just last week, daggering the Bengals. I think Traquan is a good start. I got a B grade on him. By the way, John Brown in this matchup was my take a chance on me. Well, let's give it to him for next week already. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals taking on the Chiefs. We've already alluded to this matchup several times, including take a chance on me. On the Arizona side, Josh Rosen was my take a chance on me quarterback. Plenty of volume coming in this matchup. Larry Fitzgerald gets a C grade. Chiefs secondary has improved a lot. Kansas City surrendered just two wide receiver touchdowns in the last six weeks. So the early narrative about the terrible Chiefs secondary is not coming true, at least to the wide receiver position. Fitzgerald draws the Chiefs' best cornerback, Kendall Fuller, who mans the slot for Kansas City. Still, Fitzgerald's coming up back-to-back touchdown games, and he's seen eight or more targets in three straight games, so he's still absolutely startable here. So is Christian Kirk, who leads the team in receiving yards, and he's posted decent numbers for most of the last six weeks. Not explosive, just decent. He's going to see mostly a vastly improved version of Orlando Scandrick, who has not allowed a touchdown in his coverage since the opener. I have a C grade on Christian Kirk. The real angle here, though, and especially for DFS play, David Johnson. Chiefs are going to fall behind early, and they are going to throw to Johnson a lot. The Chiefs have allowed seven different running backs to gain over 100 total yards. They are dead last in running back receiving yards. They are dead last in running back receiving touchdowns. 
They are second to last in running back receptions. David Johnson is sitting on a massive PPR week. 8,000 on Fanball this week. Yep. Um, and Fanball.com slash bid gives you a chance to potentially auction for yeah. David Johnson as well. Uh, let's go to the Chiefs side. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, all A starts. They do not require any elaboration whatsoever. Not, neither uh, neither does, and it may, maybe especially uh, uh, does Kareem Hunt, because this is the worst run defense in the league. Yeah. Kareem Hunt is my favorite play of all players across the board this week. Period. End of story. So much so that I even think Spencer Ware is my take a chance on me guy <laughs> is going to get fed in this one as well. And I've already seen from Twitter people are going to start both. And I'm totally fine with that. You can start Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware in this matchup. Last guy I'll mention, Sammy Watkins, dealing with a foot issue. He's been a re- the foot, foot issue has been a reoccurring problem through his whole career. I don't think he's going to play in this game, and even if he does, it's a run-focused game, and I'm nervous about him for this one, and he is on the bench. Next matchup, Chargers taking on the Raiders. Matt, it's uh, it's the first time since week number two that Patrick Mahomes is not my number one ranked quarterback, and it's because Phillip Rivers is. Yeah, uh, the Raiders have allowed the second most passing touchdowns this season, including multiple touchdown passes to seven of the eight quarterbacks they've faced. Rivers is a, just a lock this week. He's an easy A. Only uh, quarterback in the NFL with multiple touchdown passes every week of yep. the season. He hasn't had the huge splash game, though. That's the one drawback yep. he's, of Philip He's Rivers. two and three touchdowns every week. He's super reliable, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melvin Gordon getting an A. You like Kareem Hunt as your top play this week. I do. You, you could argue that Melvin Gordon is right in the same wheelhouse. They both graded 10 out of 10 for me this week. Yeah, the Raiders are bottom five in rushing yards, yards per carry, and rushing touchdowns allowed to running backs. That puts Austin Eckler in play in the similar vein that Spencer Ware's in play for a, a C grade for Austin Eckler. Keenan Allen, I'm giving a B grade to. He had eight catches for 90 yards in the first meeting against the Raiders. He's one of only two wide receivers to hit the 90-yard mark against the Raiders this year. Game script may just not favor him because it's so easy to run on Oakland. Mm-hmm. And they just haven't... Oakland's been all right against wide receivers specifically. Uh, Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams, I'm giving them C grades as well, though. Tyrell had 66 and Mike had 45 last time around against Oakland. None of the wide receivers out of those three scored a touchdown in the first meeting with the Raiders, though. But Tyrell has four touchdowns in the last three weeks on only nine catches. And Mike has two touchdowns in the last two weeks on Mm. two catches. Wow. That's it's a pretty good uh, Ratio. average right yeah. there. <laughs> Antonio Gates, I'm giving him a desperation D start. <laughs> there is no D start. <laughs> it is. It's for desperation. <laughs> oh, he only had two catches for 19 yards in the first matchup, but his counterpart, Virgil Green, scored in that game. His ceiling is probably five targets, but the Raiders are bottom 10 in yards and touchdowns allowed to the tight end position. Over on the Oakland side, it's pretty dismal. Jared Cook is on the bench. Cook hasn't topped 20 yards in three of his last four. The Chargers are allowing less than 40 yards per game to the tight end over the last month. Jordy and Martavis Bryant are on the bench. Uh, Chargers are top 10 in receptions and receiving yards allowed to wide receivers, which means all the passing game is terrible, so Derek Carr is obviously on the bench too. And the only guy that you can even think of starting on the Oakland side is Jalen Richard. He has the fifth most receptions among running backs this season. He's averaging five per game. And over their last four games, the Chargers are allowing seven and a half receptions and 73 yards per game to opposing backs. So I could give Jalen Richard a C, but that's about it. 
Doug Martin's a tough start. He, I, he's Wait, my number forty-two running back. I, that's why I didn't even mention him. No, he's Doug I, Martin. I don't. I don't. Just the game <laughs> script is immediately going to go away from him. But get this: he's actually averaging five yards per carry since becoming the starter. It's what? not that he's been terrible. <laughs> it's just the game scripts are always dead wrong for him. And they he lost to the get 49ers. He was by notoriously bad yards per carry last yeah, year. Too. I know he's five yards yeah. per carry since uh, since the injury. Go figure. Uh, when we come back, final set of matchups and premature speculation and your calls with lightning round when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on the fan. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly and lots to get to. Three more matchups. Premature speculation. Lightning round with plenty of your calls as well looming. I want to remind people, Fanball.com's got this amazing new auction game. It's bonkers. Nothing like it in the history of fantasy football. It is fast, frantic, 10 minutes of crazy bidding action in real time against other opponents. It is uh, it is amazing. I got something to say on this. Oh, please. Tomorrow's Sunday slate of players is all for the late games. So you will be able to play ah. fanball auctions until about three o'clock. Oh, awesome. so you get you get to halftime of the the noon games. Yeah, you go. Hey, I, I need something to do for five minutes while it's halftime. Right, the perfect time to do a fanball auction: one dollar, three dollar, five dollar, ten dollar, twenty dollars, or, or play, free. Play for free. If you just want to just yeah. see how it works and see if it's right for you, play the fanball auctions for free. I'm telling there you, it it's nothing it's like so anything else in fantasy football. So much fun. Um, and even if you've done online auctions, trust me, not like this. It is bonkers. Uh, so we encourage you to check that out. Also, our signature contest, $15,000. Yeah. Fanball.com slash radio will take you right there to our signature contest of the week. We call it Take Me to Charge. I got Mahomes in one of the auctions yesterday uh, for a buck. A what? Yeah. Everybody, How? everybody. What? He was the last quarterback to get pushed up. To the oh, top because they go out randomized. Yeah, yeah. And if he's the last quarterback and you're the only one without a quarterback, you get him for a dollar. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> impressive. Jeez. Uh, and that's part of the magic of the Fanball Auctions is the system decides who's coming out when at random. There's eight and layers so, of strategy to everything. Yeah, it really is. It's fast and strategic. It's Yeah, it's so much fun. Fanball Auctions. Uh, all right, let's get to our uh, premature speculations. These are guys that we think you should pick up now. One week in advance of everybody else making the move, Scott. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pulling an audible here. I'm going Royce Freeman. Uh, All right. Yeah, he's on bye this week. Has he's he been, got, he's been dropped in enough leagues. You think? Yeah, he's fifty percent owned. Wow. Uh, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Cleveland, and Oakland all bottom nine defenses against the run for his playoff run there. Mm-hmm. I, and every one of those teams allowing over 130 plus total yards per game. Three of them five plus yards per carry. It's a All good right. end of season. Oh, it's great. I've tried to acquire Rice Freeman in a few leagues. I've got Lindsay in a bunch of them, so that's been part of it, is I want that. I could see yeah. starting both in some of yeah. those games. Uh, I've got the Uzi, CJ Uzoma. He's had 40-plus yards and or a touchdown in five of eight games this year, and that A.J. Green injury is uh, lingering and looming over the Cincy offense. Mm-hmm. Dalton threw to his tight end six times per game in that eight-game stretch where A.J. missed last year with five tight end touchdowns. And Cincinnati has the third easiest remaining schedule for tight ends and the easiest schedule in the playoffs where they face the Chargers, Raiders, and Browns, three teams who have allowed nine tight ends to go over 50 yards and 14 tight end touchdowns in six weeks. Uh, 
I had Lamar Jackson as my guy before this Flacco story oh, hit. sure. As proof, <laughs> if you go to our waiver wire article I was there from Tuesday. On the Fantasy Football Almost Daily Tuesday, podcast. That's right. We, you and I, I podcasted. I yep. That's right. We were urging people on Tuesday to pick up Lamar Jackson because all we do is help you work a week ahead of time. If Lamar Jackson, for some reason, is still not rostered in your league, go get Lamar Jackson. And then as a pivot to that, since we've already talked, if Jackson has been, let's go back to Rex Burkhead, who we talked about earlier in the show, as somebody you can get now Mm -hmm. and stash until week number 13 when he comes on off IR. Final set of matchups begin with Cowboys taking on the Eagles. Um, Scott, we saw Amari Cooper score in his very first game. Do you like him in Philly? A little. <laughs> That's about all you're getting. Uh, in the passing game, I'm I'm going to skip from Boot Cooper back to Dak, where I'm just benching Dak. I don't like him in this matchup. He's he's only top 250 yards twice this season. Dak has, and he only has 10 passing touchdowns in eight games. That's mm. that's not good. That's not startable on a weekly basis. But Cooper, I did give a B grade to. Um, in the last three games, the Eagles haven't allowed a wide receiver over 65 yards. That sounds bad. But in weeks one through five, 10 different wide receivers had 75 yards and or a touchdown. Wow. Blame Carolina wide receivers, Jacksonville wide receivers, and a terrible Eli Manning game for how good the Eagles have looked the last three weeks. Uh, Cooper saw eight targets, and I think Dallas is going to be hell-bent on proving that that trade was good, like get that that public image. Uh, narrative street there. Yeah. Well, that first rounder was expensive. Yeah. All nine wide receivers with eight or more targets against the Eagles. Eight targets is how many Cooper had last week. Had double-digit fantasy days. So, B-grade there, benching Beasley because he saw just three targets with Cooper in. Zeke Elliott, I'm only giving a B-grade B to. He's he's just had one game over 65 yards rushing in the last four games. Uh, and he, but he's making a little bit up on the receiving game. He had seven catches in one game, four catches in another. Mm. That's where he can make it up because the Eagles are allowing just under eight grabs and 86 yards per game to runners over the last three games. I think that, that might be actually where he gets his B grade is through the air somehow. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, Carson Wentz, A grade. Wentz has at least 290 total yards and multiple touchdowns in five straight. The Cowboys have been stout. They have. But, yeah. But uh, and but have allowed at least one quarterback touchdown in every game, and they're coming off a short week where they let Mariota score three, and Wentz has a new weapon in yeah. Golden Tate. So uh, B grade for Alshon Jeffrey. Dallas is top three against wide receivers on the season, but let's take a closer look on that. A beat up Redskins uh, wide receiving corps, the Titans, the Jaguars, Seattle before Wilson got hot and Baldwin was out, Carolina, and a terrible Eli game. Like they've had just. Mm-hmm. Not good wide receivers when they've played. In Alshon's five games, he has four touchdowns and is averaging just under nine targets per game, 70-plus in three of them. Be great Nine there. times? Yeah, nine <laughs> targets per game. Golden Tate, I'm giving a speculative C grade, and I think I might be a little too low on there. I I, I think he's going to play outside, but now they have three, three slot wide receivers. <laughs> but uh, just his talent level makes him definitely startable for me. Aguilar goes to the bench with the Tate acquisition. And Zach Ertz, I'm giving him an I'm giving him an A grade. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys have allowed just two tight ends over 45 yards and just two tight end touchdowns this year. But Ertz has a hundred plus and or a touchdown in five straight. He's oh, averaging yeah. seven and a half catches and ten and a half targets per game. They can be as good as they want against tight ends. I'm starting Zach Ertz. Yep. Exactly. No choice. All right. Dolphins take on the Packers. I would normally tell you to just sit everybody around Brick Osweiler, which is normally the case. But... Oh, I know who you're going for here. <laughs> you do? Yeah. 
Frank Gore. We are going to give Frank Gore a, a passing yeah. grade. But I, I, so I start with the passing game, and Osweiler is on the bench, but I've got a C grade on Devontae Parker, only because the Packers have allowed the second-most scores to receivers, including multi-score games to Marquise Godwin and Josh Reynolds just in the last three weeks alone. So, you know, this is they're, they're churning safeties for uh, for for uh, for Green Bay, it's a secondary influx right now. I think there's going to be a couple of opportunities. So I've got a starting grade in Devontae Parker, and then Danny Amendola. If you just want your five catches for forty yards, just fine. Yeah, I can see that. In a, if you need to be safe, if you are one of these people, you're up by fifty points because of Thursday night's game, and you just want to get your five catches for 40, 50 yards. Danny Amendola is probably your guy for that. Then let's go to the running game. Frank Gore, a B grade. In his past four weeks, he's averaging over 14 carries per game. And of the four backs who have managed 14 carries per game against the Packers, the average game, 94 rushing yards, 5.5 yards per carry, and a touchdown per game. Frank Gore, be great. Kenyon Drake's on the bench. He has been out-carried by Gore in every game since week two. And he's questioning. Oh, man, if only somebody could have seen this at the preseason. Hmm. Uh, I would like a peacock for that. What, what? <laughs> something, something weird about Kenyon Drake. He's played nine games. He has four RB one games of that nine. That's it's, crazy. I, it's re- receiving in and touchdowns. Yeah, it is receiving in touchdowns. Packers though give up the seventh fewest receptions per game to opposing running backs and have only given up one uh, running back touchdown through the air. So that's where you need Drake to help you, and it isn't coming here. So he's on the bench. Let's go to the Packers' side. A uh, bunch of A grades across the board. And the guy that I'm most excited about, Aaron Jones. I've got an A grade on him. I'm counting on Mike McCarthy. Come on, baby. <laughs> can, can I tell just you how silly this just, is? So, just do the right thing. Do this, the right thing. counting on Mike McCarthy to do the right thing. This, he never does. This is from Graham Barfield. These are some next-gen stats. Among running backs over the last two years with at least 125 carries, Aaron Jones is first in yards per carry, first in yards gained after a defender closes within a yard, first in rushing yard, r- r- rush attempts, r- rush, rushes over 10 yards, first in success rate, and second in first down, or second down, first down rate. It should all come together. It should all come together this week. The Dolphins are giving up 120 rushing yards per game. It's the juiciest matchup of the season for Aaron Jones. <laughs> Insert Jamal Williams getting 15 carries. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> uh, I, let's just hope the usage is going the right way. Now, he had that critical fumble against the Patriots, but they went back to him at the end of the game, so I'm presuming he's not in the doghouse. A-grade Aaron Jones. A-grade Aaron Rodgers. Obvious A-grade. Uh, I am worried about the running game actually cannibalizing him stats more than I'm worried about the Dolphins. But nevertheless, even on limited passes, he could still be fine. Deshaun Watson scored five times and threw the ball just 20 times against the Dolphins last week. Uh, Devontae Adams. Obvious A-grade, although we'll note that he's drawing shadow coverage from uh, Xavier Howard in this game. Howard has not allowed more than 32 yards in his coverage in over a month. But still, Adams, totally matchup proof. A-grade. Opposite him. Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, my guy. I love I love this rookie. He has found the end zone or hit 100 yards in four straight games. Only Deshaun Jackson averages more yards per reception than Marquez, Valdez, Scantling does. And Xavier Howard's going to be on the other side of the field guarding uh, Devontae Adams. It's a great matchup against Bobby McCain, who's been roasted by speed receivers like Marquez, Valdez, Scantling this year. <laughs> Be great for him. Uh, Randall Cobb, downgraded midweek on a hamstring. You want to avoid him at all costs. Hopefully you didn't draft him at all. 
And the last guy I'll mention, Jimmy Graham. Dolphins allowing, uh, oh, wait, uh, oh, I have the wrong text in here. Jimmy Graham has an A grade. You can go to, fan- I don't have, I've got the wrong, I pasted in, I don't have the right text, and I've got Aaron Jones text in for my Jimmy Graham. Well, he scored okay. our top seven, 76 yards in five of his last seven games. Ooh, I like that. Thank you very much for the assist. You can get the full, not just Jimmy Graham, you can get the full rundown on all of these guys at fanball.com because we've got all the player ratings and explanations for free at fanball.com. Go to my player rankings. You can learn about Jimmy Graham. Your matchup took too long because you said Marquez, Valdez, Valdez, Scantling three times. I did. Uh, Which could have been worse. (laughs) It could have been nine. Uh, Last matchup is Giants at 49ers. At least we don't have to talk about too many Giants or 49ers. Nah, Saquon's an A. He's on pace to break the single-season running back reception record held by Matt Forte. Uh, He's on pace for 116. Forte had 102, and the Niners are bottom 10 in receptions and receiving touchdowns allowed to running back. Odell Beckham's an A. Niners have allowed a touchdown to seven of or wide receiver in seven of their last nine games. Sterling Shepard's even a B. Slot wide receivers have torched the Niners. Tate, MVS, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, Fitzgerald, and Thielen have all topped 100 yards against San Francisco from the slot. Mm. Evan Ingram's getting a bench grade, though. He's been held to 25 yards or less in four of five games this season. His only two scores have come in garbage time. I'm giving Eli a C, though, because if not now, when? And I liked... Saquon, Odell, and Shepard as uh, receiving options. So, yeah. Uh, on the other side, Matt Breida's getting a B grade. The Giants have no snacks, and since there's no snacks for the Giants, the yards per carry average have gone from 4.0 to opposing backs to 4.9 yards per carry, and they're allowing 114 rushing yards per game since Snacks Harrison left. And Raheem Mostert now has a third elbow, so Matt Breida's got this uh, job all by himself. Nick Mullins, he's on the bench. I'm not chasing that scorecard from last week. The Giants have only allowed 252 yards per game through the air this year. That's 11th best in the NFL, and the Niners shouldn't need to pass to beat the Giants. Uh, I am giving George Kittle a B, though. Kittle has topped 79 yards in six games this season. The Giants did hold Zach Ertz under 50, but he had seven catches, 43 yards, and a score. I think Kittle's almost on par with Ertz right now, so he gets a B grade. Uh, Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garcon, though, they are on the bench. Garcon only had five targets in Mullins' debut. Goodwin had four, and they shouldn't need to pass to beat the Giants. Mm. That's it. All right. Uh, I'll note uh, to uh, our local listening audience of presumably uh, Timberwolves fans, um, multiple reports, including from uh, John Krasinski, saying Philadelphia is finalizing a deal with Minnesota to acquire Jimmy Butler. So that uh, the hostage situation may be coming to an end. Casualties, us. <laughs> Fans. You mean we're not getting Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons in return? No. Apparently <laughs> apparently we are not. Uh, it is time for lightning round. You know the rules. One question between two players. One question between two players. That is, uh, that is all you can do. Hold on a second. Um, let's go to the calls. Beginning with, and thank you for your patience, all of you. I know you've all been on hold for over an hour. Andrew, wow. hello. Hello. Standard League, Calvin Ridley or Jarvis Landry? Oh, wow. I really like Ridley this week, but Standard makes, eh, Standard probably favors Ridley, so Ridley. Next. Uh, Phil, you are next. Hey, guys. Thanks much. Um, would you go Breeze or Rivers? Rivers. I would go Rivers this week. Rivers is my number one quarterback. I'm a little worried about Breeze in the outdoor game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Carl, you're next. Standard League, Jordan Howard or Sony Michelle? All right. Uh, I 
think Michelle's gonna play. You get to know at least he's at the, the new early game. game. Yeah, he's the early game. So, so if Michelle's like, active. If I Michelle's think going. Yeah, you got it. You have to play him. Mm-hmm. But I like Jordan. Actually, I like Jordan Howard in this matchup as well. But that's a different story. Tom, you're next. Yeah, gentlemen, I have an option at wide receiver. Uh, I'm wondering if I'm putting too many eggs in Arizona's basket because I'm playing David Johnson. Do I play Fitzgerald or do I go with Traquan Smith and the upside in New Orleans? Thank you for your show. I listen every week. Thank you, Tom. Are you one of those teams down by 50? (laughs) Because if so, it's Traquan. Fitz is far, far safer, but I I really do like Traquan Smith here. Um, It's really a a safe versus upside. I'd go Smith. He's got Fitz's draws the best coverage corner they've got, Kendall Fuller. And I I think yeah, all I, right. I would go I'm safely in the Traquan side of this. Stacy, hello. Good morning. Good Standard morning. League. Patriots or Rams? Defense? We're talking defenses? Um let's go Patriots. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. This matchup? Yeah. Heck yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Chuck. I think I got Chuck. Oh Chuck, I'm so oh, I'm sorry. I just hung up on Chuck and I think he might have been holding for like an hour. That's a hung Sorry, up Chuck. Up Chuck. Uh, that up is Chuck. an up Chuck. Sorry, <laughs> Chuck. Nick, you're next. Half point PCR trade. Nick, I can't hear you. Nick, are you talking into the speaker? Oh, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, Ken- that, a little Kenan better. Allen for who? For Evan Coleman, half point PCR. We want the Keenan Allen side. I would, I would sure. still yeah, take not Allen. Close. Yeah. Not close, absolutely. Uh, John in Boston, hello. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Uh, half point PPR. Um, Sony Michelle or Mike Davis? Uh, if Chris Carson does not go, it's Mike Davis. Unfortunately, we don't get to see that decision till the later games. Right. So you're going to see Sony if he's if he's active. I'd go Sony. I I think that's what you have to do. You just yeah, because you're not probably not going to have a definitive word yep. on Chris Carson as a late Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunately, plan Thank on you. Sony. Thanks, Sean. Uh, Greg, hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, I got a standard league uh, flex position question. Edo Smith or LaShawn McCoy? Edo Smith. I don't even think it's close for me. To no, answer. it's not. So. Yeah, it, we, we don't start any bills. That's it. <laughs> uh, Nick, you are next. Nick. Nick, hello. All right, we're going to move on. Uh, Mark, you're next. Hey, guys. Great show. Um... PPR, Gabriel, or Lockett? Gabriel, Gabriel or who? Uh, Lockett, sorry. Sorry, okay. Oh, I, I like Lockett, Lockett. better. Yeah. I like them both. Lockett. I think they both have, both have potentially good games. We'll, we'll take Lockett. Aaron, you're next. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for taking my call. I got uh, half point PPR, Doug Baldwin or Marlon Mack. I'm sorry, the first guy? Doug, Doug Baldwin, Baldwin or Marlon, Marlon Mack. Mack. Marlon Mack. Although, not fully healthy, but... I'd Scott still, is I'd the Baldwin apologist over here. I'd still go Mac, and I, right. I, okay, I like good. Baldwin. There you go. Uh, Kevin, you're next. Standard scoring, Landon Cooks or Marquez Valdez? Stanley. <laughs> I, I actually think I, I would actually go Stanley here. All right. I'm not actually. Uh, you think you got information on the uh, Timberwolves trade for Jimmy uh, It's Butler? being reported Robert Covington and Dario Saric. All right. Oh, Bob Cov. Yeah. Any picks in that, though? Uh, it's it's it says it's a package deal, but they haven't reported picks. Really? Okay. Uh, what's coming? I don't know what's coming up next. What is coming up next? Is there somebody? Some 
somebody helping with this? Gophers oh, versus Kirk. Purdue. Yeah, we have uh, we have early Gophers pregame. The okay. pregame starts next at noon. Kickoff at two thirty. Thank you. Covington Sark in a twenty twenty two second round draft pick. It looks oh, that's like a throwing. That doesn't even. Count. Yeah. All right. Uh, if anybody missed any part of the show, check out the podcast KFAN Fan on Demand. Uh, also available on iTunes. Very grateful for people who leave reviews. Out for the show, which is great. Also, fanball.com slash bid for our exciting new auction game. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. This afternoon at 2.30, the Minnesota Gophers host Purdue on FM 100.3 The Fan. The Greater Twin Cities Honda dealers are proud supporters of Gopher Athletics on iHeartRadio.